Welcome to the JNE Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Holmes. And to my right is my co-host, my best friend, sometimes my worst enemy, okay, Giant okay. Kent. I can take the worst enemy description. That's not bad. Hey, man, it's only like 20% of the time, but sometimes. I can work, yeah, I can work with you. You know, but anyway. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, like you said, this is my best friend. Uh, I've known him since freshman year, and we've been roommates ever since. And my dog and we're both seniors in college right now and we've been wanting to start this podcast for a while we've just been talking about it going back and forth you know having a lot of thoughts about it but this is the day like right now right here and that's all we started. have right now so, and here we I'm are happy decided to make a podcast and for the first podcast we figured we'd just kind of go a bit over how we met um our origin story type shit and then also we're going to cover what and how we got into fitness and like what fitness has done for us. And then on top of that, we're going to cover, hopefully, if we get to it, um, what spirituality means to us and how we've been kind of diving into that world uh, lately. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, bro, take us back to freshman year, bro. I mean, as y'all are tuning in right now, there's going to be a lot of storytelling and, you know, please be patient with us. This is our first podcast, but... Also, I'm glad you're watching, but <sighs> since freshman year, oh my God, I mean like... Well, it was really before freshman year. Yeah, it really was. Because if you think, so back, so it really started, it was the summer before freshman year, and I was nervous already to go to college. Like, I know a lot of people, like, it's kind of, it's a common thing, but I was really nervous about it, and I remember being on a Zoom call for the tennis team, and I, we were just talking about the season coming up and everything, and which I was also nervous for tennis because uh, I wasn't even recruited. I just talked to the coach, and I was already coming to the school. Um, we go to Hanover College, by the way. And he was just let me on the team. He was very nice about it. And I was pretty nervous because I felt like since I wasn't recruited, I wouldn't, you know, maybe have – I didn't have the highest expectations for myself. And that's where I met Giant. He was on the Zoom call, and I said, you know what, that guy seems pretty fun and cool. And I need a roommate, and I don't want a room with anybody else. So, and it's crazy how, I mean, like you chose me, bro. Because I'm sure, like, I was like, damn, this ain't going to ruin me. Because I'm sure, like, I bet even back then I was probably being so weird and just <clears throat> obnoxious and oblivious. But like, I mean, I was just kind of like well, surprised. And I remember like, when I texted him because I just asked the coach for the num <laughs> for for your number, right? Yeah. And and he was like, yeah, sure. And so I texted you. And I could just kind of tell right away he was like, what is this guy? Who's this guy asking me to room with him? And I think he, he already had people coming from, like, where he lived from that he was thinking about rooming with, right? Did yeah, because I also played football and tennis. So tennis was kind of just like a secondary sport for me. So I already had some friends who actually were coming up from Cedartown, Georgia. That's where I'm from. And I was planning on rooming with some of them. But I really wasn't as close to them. And I'm, I was very much on the feeling of just wanting a new beginning. So I kind of just was no strings attached. Uh, I feel like since, I was, since I've been young, I've always kind of found a way to find some type of comfort in myself. So I kind of was really okay with, you know, rooming with somebody else. Like, I was doing my best to take 
the inside of me, anywhere I go, you know, try to yeah. not let it depend on the environment. So, Man, I wasn't even thinking that far ahead back then. I just knew it, like. Yeah, I don't know if I said that to myself literally, but like, that's kind of how. <laughs> that's I how feel, you I felt. Guess. I feel. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. No, because I literally just didn't want to room with someone I didn't know back then because I was more of this just socially anxious type, and I figured you seemed like a cool guy, and then you ended up being pretty cool guy so i don't know it just i remember specifically uh he tried to facetime me one time while i was in the restroom and he got mad he got mad because i didn't pick up but then we ended up playing fortnite and we caught a dub like what the first night i know bro that was so and then from then on out it was raps like it was like yeah we're really (laughs) yelling in the mic and stuff yeah but then i was kind of mad at you for like a week bro because you didn't pick up and you you know, you were on the toilet and you didn't pick up. Like, what am I supposed to do, bro? But also, that was the first time I called you. So when I called you and you were just sporting it, I was like, oh, damn. No, I, I guess just... I see how that can make you Because sometimes I can, like, not really take that into consideration. Like, I just, before I even text people, I might call them because I'm just like. Yeah, I didn't even know you. And my friends back then, like, didn't even FaceTime. We didn't FaceTime. Yeah, so, like, that was new to me, too. But, um, bro, I don't know. It was wraps from there. Like, freshman year, man, like. Dude, that was wild. That was so insane. I mean, basically to sum it up, uh, I was like, I played football and tennis, so I was very messy. And I mean, half of the time, my socks smell like shit, and <laughs> his shoes smell like shit. So no, my favorite thing was you know we so couldn't figure it out. We didn't. And we'd be spraying each other with Febreze. <laughs> dude dude and we we lived in donner um which is a like residence hall for the first month while the building we were supposed to be living in which was being renovated um was still being renovated like it was supposed to be done but they were still renovating it so we lived in donner and i remember for the that month and a half since since we were only there for a month and a half you just figured ah why unpack any of my clothes <laughs> and you just yeah, had that like bad. you just had like a huge duffel bag well because we were supposed all your to clothes. move in we were supposed to move in into our next dorm and we're supposed to move in that week and yeah bro then the second week came by the third week came by the fourth week came by <laughs> and my clothes you know i'm still digging out my bag and we didn't even have laundry we didn't have no bro no dryer washer in we our, had to go somewhere else so it'd be 11 o'clock at night it was a struggle man <laughs> some, evan's coming he's like bro i just got back from walking across campus like the bike to wash and dry my clothes and then and, if, god forbid you forget Oh yeah, my gosh! Oh my. They're on the floor in the basement. Mm. Somebody threw your threw your stuff all over the floor. Yeah, that was bad. We were struggling. We had no too. AC too. No AC. But then we got blessed into the <laughs> new dorm. It was super nice. Um, I mean, we had our own thermostat. Our own thermostat. And I didn't AC. really know how to use it. <laughs> but I really would just look at it and be like, bro, yeah, because yeah. it's like cool, and I didn't know if to go up and down. Bro, well, how do you feel like? Do you feel like that? that change after freshman year is kind of like what accelerated everything for you like that like going through that freshman year like was kind of almost like a catalyst oh yeah yeah because the second semester of my freshman year was a complete fiasco emotionally and just everything was just so so identity disruptive i really couldn't take it honestly i felt like i was going insane i felt mental you know it, it was very it's very heartbreaking i guess it was very heartbreaking for me to kind of start forgetting 
who I was, not by choice, but by like things that happened to me. Like when I wasn't able to, I used to have that default setting of you know always coming back to I know myself, or, right. I'm happy, or I'm. And when well, that I, default setting was gone, and then it, I became you know just kind of like a puzzle with missing pieces, and I didn't know where they were. It was the catalyst for everything, but yeah, man, and I think you know it's a it's a combination of multiple factors, especially it was for me at least because it's like it removes you from the place you were in for so long that you were comfortable at and then throws you into a new environment, and on top of that, you're in this new environment, you are you know you're not around your family anymore, and you're completely on your own in a sense, and you have to reforge the foundation of your frame of reference around you because you're no longer with the same people you no longer have maybe the same surrounding beliefs and expectations and so everything is new and everything which means in a way it's good because it provides this sense of elasticity you can change and evolve and choose what you want to believe now and choose how you want to live but with that freedom also comes a lot of unknowns and doubts i felt yeah. like and i think you for were, us it was go ahead no you were i remember bro freshman year i had no idea what anxiety was yeah like i know that sounds crazy but i i never really felt like i had experienced anxiety before like i always masked it like with nervousness and it wasn't ever really a big t- deal to me and I, and I would remember i'd even see commercials about mental health and all that type of stuff and i i would always say to myself I'm just not gonna think too much. I would always be. I would always be like, "We're just thinking too much." And then, you know, I, you know, we were really black and white. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I think so funny about black. it. <laughs> <laughs> literally and, and, and metaphorically, we were black and white because he, at one point, or at, on one side of the coin, was the most social person I've ever met. Hands down, I've never met someone more social than him, especially during freshman year. He would, it was it was cool to watch because you would go up to every single person, and you would introduce yourself, make friends. Like not maybe not every single person, literally, but for example, we'd be in the dining hall and we'd be we'd spend an extra forty five minutes in there because you'd be talking to so many people. Whereas someone like me, like going up and talking back then, like you mentioned, not knowing what anxiety was, that's all I thought about. Like me going up to talk to somebody was like a prime event in my day. Like that would be. And I know like a lot of y'all can probably relate to that too. And it's just like felt like it was just this huge ordeal. And then I would watch you. And as we're becoming friends, like we related to so many things on so many levels with how we thought we would stay up talking. Oh yeah. And we would play the same video games, listen to the same music. We'd have the same favorite artists. And yet we were two completely different people when it came to extroverts and introverts. And you really, to watch you go around and like, like it was nothing, just talk to, go hang out with a group of girls or go, you know, that you would hang out with the whole girls soccer team or like go hang out with, you know, whoever invited you over whenever, like it was no big deal. Whereas someone like me, it was like, that was a whole, I had to prepare my mind for that. And so that clashed hard for like the first few months, I feel like. And I had to like learn how to live like that. And it it really, that's what helped me grow a bunch, I feel like, especially at the beginning. And I had no idea who uh I had no idea that you were even that you were even anxious bro that you even felt for some reason it was I just really didn't make no assumptions 
Like, mm-hmm. kind of assume that how I was just, um, what's the word? It just, like, I, I was, it just wasn't anything, you know, for me to go up to people, I never really thought much of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't even a thought in your mind. Envir- I was in a new environment completely, and even, like, the way my child, like, the way I was when I was younger in school, I was very much ready to get away from that. But I was just, alt- like, I had this, also this optimism that was very unique because of the situation I was in. Mm-hmm. It was almost like, I have to make, this is the new beginning. This is the new chapter I've been right. waiting for. And I remember, I mean, dude, you were, but we were, I mean, dude, we're so close and there were, I mean, we'd stay up talking for hours, you know, in the bed and we're just looking at the ceiling like, oh, did you have fun tonight? Bro, you, you know, and it was just like, dude, like that was probably the best moments, just kind of, you know, we're right across from the room and it's dark and there's light on the speaker and we're just both talking. Yeah, bro. And it, I, I really thought I was very knowledgeable back then, but my words probably... Well, I think that's like just it. how it goes, right? I think we get smarter, and then we always look back, and then we're yeah. like, wow, I was dumb back then. But I think that that, no matter how successful we get, bro, mm-hmm. that will always be... There's nothing better than that. Like, just hanging out with your boys at the end of the day and just talking for, like, hours or just hanging out and laughing. Like, I think that's what we've kept, like, in our life. And I think that's what, like, makes friendship and, like, your relationships so – that's what builds your relationships with anybody is being able to have that, you know, no matter what's going on, we can just sit and kick it and talk and have fun and laugh. And because yeah. at the end of the day, it just reminds you of things not not being that deep. But I think for me, you know, it, it and it was, like, even for example, like, I think we definitely rubbed off on each other because I think you became a little bit more anxious after – that first year <laughs> yeah. and then I became a lot yeah. more social so it was like you know we probably got a little bit of both but I remember even I don't know if I've ever told you this but when I first came onto campus like the first day as we were moving in I basically had like a panic attack like I could not breathe like I was walking in moving my stuff in and I could not breathe like I was so nervous and that's the show yeah, you I couldn't even tell because well you weren't moved in for another few days so oh, you okay, actually didn't yeah. show up yeah but um you but yeah yeah so like i it was it was intense bro and that's i used to just think so much about it and i think i came from a place where it's like i was comfortable where i was at because i knew everything and i liked my environment before school and you came from a place where you wanted to get out of that environment so that also like adds into that but yeah man i used to be very very anxious and that's i remember that day then i met brandon which is one of our other roommates and best friends and future guest Future guest on the podcast. Um, You'll like him. He's 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 something. <laughs> but um, he, we, I met him, and he he was on the tennis team too. And then from then on, at least I had a friend, and it, it got better. But um, just know if any of y'all struggle with that, man, like you're not alone. And even someone, you know, you never know um, what someone's going through or how they really feel, or if they really. You may think somebody's the most confident person in the world, or just because they have looks, or just because they have this. Or they had their things together, but it's really just never that simple, you know. Yeah. So, it it really it really ain't because, you know, sometimes I've caught myself looking at certain people and I'm just like, how come I just look at them and, and I make this assumption about them, like I'm like, wow, I feel like they don't even have to worry about them. Yeah, they're not even thinking about it. Like, but really, 
you have no you have no idea what someone how they really feel. You're almost doing a disservice to their whole being by filling in words for them. Oh, that person's probably that way. That person's probably that way. So I think from freshman year, even us uh, like rubbing off on each other. You know, there was a time, bro, where I, I, I could sense your nervousness and it kind of scared me a little bit. Like not in the way that I was like afraid of you, but you know, sometimes thinking is contagious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you have those thoughts, like, and I had a very weak mind, so, but I also just feel like you were, you have had so much character development, but now that I know what anxiety feels like and depression and all that, and the question why, it changed my whole outlook of, of, of why I was social in the first place. Now when I go up to people, you know, I, I try to make sure that I want to talk to them because I really want to talk to them. Not because they're going to make me feel some type of way. Even if they do. Which is what you felt like you did before? Is that what you're saying? Maybe it was just... I don't think I maybe explicitly said to myself, I'm going to go up to this person and talk to them and make myself feel feel better. But That's what you were doing. That's probably what I was doing. You know, and it's probably... I had great relationships. It was amazing, but... Now I think the relationships that I have now are, are so much more, uh, they have so much more content behind them. Not just about like, not that it's like a fun relationship or anything, but content, humanness, you know? Not, maybe even freshman year, it was probably even that performance, you know, that, that just, you know, even falling in love with that excitement. That's unconscious To go too. do that stuff. Yeah. That's just, you know, you're you're feeling excited to go do that. And you almost, which is, it's different. I don't know how to explain it. Like, you're falling and you're attaching to that excitement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't know. Grabbing hold of it because everyone else is doing the same thing and you want to feel like you're a part of what they're doing and you want to make, because that makes you feel like you're being successful in some way, I feel like. Yeah. And... Yeah, that's why and I bro, think if your I why really y'all matters. Though, or you, like, dude, it would, I just don't know. Oh, everything would have been different. I just really don't know, <laughs> but I was so blessed. I but one thing blessed. that really helped me with my anxiety, and that's what our second topic is about, is um, the gym, which we probably have different relationships with it. And I originally was the first one that I feel like you've always been an athlete. I mean, you've yeah. been a football player. You've been in the gym. You were – in freshman year, I was the one, like, I would go to the gym with Giant, and I was very small back then, and it'd be like, Giant would be chest press in the 80s, and I'd be like, chest press in the 30s, and I was like, how do you do that? So, <laughs> you really started out, like, I was like, what? This guy can move weight. But, so, come sophomore year, or really end of freshman year, is when I, because of all this anxiety and being in a new place and stuff, like, I wanted to you know, feel better about myself. And I kind of stumbled into working out and I really like grabbed it, like you grabbed strong, it I like mean, right away, like right away. I was like, in the gym every day, didn't miss a day for months. And that's really how it was, bro. I was obsessed with it. And, um, you were so stern too, bro. I couldn't even get you to, I would, a different type of way about, uh, I would not sacrifice anything to go to the gym. I remember sophomore year, first semester, like, I, so I still we this is when we still played on the tennis team. We've quit since then, but 
And this is actually what happened is during sophomore year, I didn't really enjoy tennis and I really got into lifting. And it got to the point where I was, and this is also, I was still in an anxious and I almost got like pretty like depressed um, and went through a rough period. But I did have the gym and that's like what really helped me. It was the one thing I was kind of like you said, I was like really holding on to. And I really, so I ended up quitting tennis even against, I remember you guys thought I was crazy because y'all would be like, dude, all you do is like lift. Like you don't like tennis, you don't play, you don't, you don't go to you you go to class but you don't really try at school like you don't seem to care that much about school like all you do is lift and y'all thought I was like weird or just crazy for it just kind of was out there because I was so attached to it I just had this feeling bro that like first of all it gave me what I was looking for as like an outlet of like all of my emotions that I had like in myself that I didn't know how to deal with all of the fear and like the doubt the self-doubt and the this and that and anxiety and like just all these unsure feelings and I was able to release that and in some ways better that in the gym. And I also was gaining the sense of like self-confidence from being in the gym. And so I knew that I just, there was something to it. And you know, when you get that feeling like you just got to stick with it. And so that's what I did. And I quit the tennis team. And you know, ever since I've just been like super, and I remember everybody around me was like, so you're quitting to like lift weights. And I was like, yeah, they're like, okay <laughs> like yeah. why are you doing that but that's what I did and it ended up working out for me so I'm glad I did but I think for me it just even now and I think my relationship with the gym has changed a little bit I didn't, I'm less of a you know self-negative person I think and I needed it at that time I needed that mindset of like you're gonna do this to get better like it was almost that self-hate to motivate and that's what kind of climbed me out of like kind of the darkness I was in I remember especially reading like David Goggins book during that winter term or that winter break. And I read that and I, I started to lock in on schoolwork and just, I was grinding the gym and it just really like developed this sense of like self-confidence within me. And not only that, and I tell people this all the time, but I think that it just is fun. Like it was fun and it was something I enjoyed doing. And that's what like helped it stick so much. It was something that I could go be productive at, at the same time enjoy and like release my emotions so it just was kind of this like combination of things which i'm sure like a lot of you guys can relate to and it just became something that i i couldn't let go of it and i think now i'm at the point where i'm a little bit less more of like super hard on myself with it and like expecting so much out of myself and more so just letting it be something i enjoy um but yeah, I think that that's really my experience with it. Um, and then after that, you know, um, sophomore year kind of went by, and I think you kind of started working out. But then, especially junior year, I mean, again, like I said, you played football and stuff. But I think it was yeah, junior year summer, you stayed here for. Um, I want you to talk about this, but you stayed here for to work over the summer, and you went from how much weight to how much weight? That first one, three hundred. And then in that summer, I dropped down about 236. Yeah, so you lost something like 70 pounds like in one summer, which was just awesome. And you like you went hard, bro. I remember seeing this. like if like I You almost had your own. Him. like You flipped the switch. And then I remember you became a little bit more out of it for a little bit, but then you started picking it back up again. And you know now ultimately you're down to, what, 220? And yeah. you're fit, and you, you've been lifting for like a year and a half now, so <laughs> consistently, so – you know, tell us a little bit about that and, like, how it's affected your life. I mean, also, I just want to say this. Edinburgh, like, in all honesty, dude, the fact that you were able to 
I mean, to, to be able to set boundaries so early about I'm going to work out because I want to work out and, you know, to really go against the grain. Mm-hmm. I did have the thought of like, dang, why is he taking this like so serious? Like, you know, relax. And then, but I always accepted you for it. I was just like, yeah, okay. I mean, like, it was like, yeah. And then I'd just be like, I'm going like, to or something like that. Right. But I do have a lot of, like, I, like, I have a lot of respect for you whenever you make, whenever you were to put your foot down and say, I'm just going to commit to this. Uh, it's nice. It was nice to, I guess, be a part of. Well, because I think also you are somebody, like you said that I'm someone who's like able to commit easily and be disciplined and be stern with like what I want to do. But you're also somebody who, especially with people you trust, if they start doing something, you'll see it as a viable option or like maybe I should start doing that. Yeah. And so you're very quick to like, okay, I trust you. Like if you think this is like good for me or like you think this is good for us, like I'll do it. Because it's almost like a survival technique, you know? Like it's kind of a Evolve. it's a way to see how to live life differently. So there's also somebody who if they suggested this, if they even had the balls to suggest something, then I felt there was truth in that. Because maybe I just didn't have the balls to suggest anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and so when I was younger, I always, I just went on so many different paths with certain ways that I acted and, and everything because I was a big believer in everyone has something to offer. And who are you to say that you know, you know? Uh, but probably a little too much humility because you can also just, it's okay to trust your own opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> but to go back uh, about your, about the me losing weight, it was really, I mean, that it was really hard to go from 300 to 230 and to lose all that weight because when you were so addicted to food, I mean, I never really realized that my addiction was that big, but no, you had a for real probably what you could say is like an eating disorder. Like it was bad, and I remember how, like how I used to eat as a kid was I would always ask mom for sec. I would always ask mom for seconds when everyone would go to sleep. You know, we'd sometimes leave our plate out, and I'd come back out and eat their food. It was really bad. It isn't something that I don't think I'm ashamed of it. No, I mean, but it's something that was very uh, real. It was something that for a while I, it got to the point where I can't hide that type of eating. I mean, that affects people. your life. That's something people judge you off of or base off of you. Like, yeah. People want to say that it's not, but it definitely is. Like, if you're somebody who's like pretty overweight, like people are going to like see that and like see how you eat and stuff and kind of like not think less of you in any type of way, but just notice it. And that's just something like that you don't necessarily want people to like, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like. Because I remember, insecurity. I don't know who I was with, but somebody had said something about. Just like, like this big person was like, oh my god, like, why is that person that big or that like, they're just dumb? Like for eat, and then I would think I, I would say, dang, this is what they think about me, like you know. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, because I was big, and it was just kind of, it was, but I didn't lose the weight for them. Like, I think you kind of go out, you when you're losing weight. This is I feel like how it goes. It's you're losing weight, and it's it's very you intrinsic. Like you're the one doing it, but then you start to look better, and then you start to get compliments, and then you realize that other people are paying attention to you. So then you get excited, you know. And then you're then you're like, wow, like I can look even better. If I look more better, you know, I'll get more attention. 
And then for a little while, your motive is like, once I get these abs, I'm going to you know, pull all these girls. Or once I try and get fit, then I'll be happy. And then I went through that phase for a little bit. And I finally came over the top where I know that, you know, the better I look, the, it's just how it goes. Like, the better you look, you know, probably the more people who will look at you. But that doesn't need to be your motivation. But it's also okay to have those feelings of like, wow, I want to look better and I want to look nice. Like, it's all okay to have those feelings. It doesn't make you bad or anything. Because everybody has those. Like, you can't tell me as much as you want to, if you're somebody who's acting like, oh, yeah, I don't do this shit for the girls, bro. There's none of me that does that. You can't tell me that at one point you didn't, like, start to get jacked and think, like, oh, I could probably talk to that girl now. Or, like, any type of, like, you start to feel – it's just human nature to have those thoughts and to feel those ways because you realize that. And, like, we all have egos. Like, we all all do, and it's okay. Like like you said, it's okay if you have those feelings and stuff, but it's more important to realize and know that at the end of the day, that's not what this is about. This is for improving myself mentally, physically, spiritually, you know – releasing stress because well, it's the my... same way of like sorry to cut you off but like it's literally the same that same idea is the same way of what being with a woman is like it's it's you just don't need to get it confused where being in a gym is is great and to look to look better is great and you know it, it's kind of like being with a woman like it's great to have sex like but that's just a bonus like looking good is just a Looking better is just a bonus. Having sex with a woman is just a bonus. But who, like, who she is as a whole person is the same with, like, who you, is, who you are as a whole person. That's the reason why you're attracted to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the reason why you're attracted to a woman. Not because, deeper you know, that, it's, yeah. it's deeper. It's the whole person. And it's, um, the reason why I'm attracted to the gym is because I'm attracted to me. Mm-hmm. Like, not physically, but internally. How do I feel? What do I want? What am I valuing? Like, all those, and I think I think they're just really legitimate. Like, yeah, and I think for both of us, it's just done so much work in our lives for you know making us not only more confident, and more self assured, and you know also just more capable in general. And that you know, if you're able to get up and consistently force yourself to work out for months on end, and you know eat and stuff like that, I think it teaches you that you can carry that. You trans that that discipline is transferable. You know what I'm saying? Like. I think for us, it, it definitely transferred um, with classes, and we started really applying that stuff to life and to, um, yeah, we, I, think, I think we started just really applying it, and it has worked wonders. So it's not only do you get the physical benefits of how you feel mentally and physically and, you know, the looks-wise aspect of it, but then on top of that, it also helps you with other areas in your life. So yeah. it's really just a win-win-win, and, you know, I think that we've just grown so much because of the gym, and you know, I think it's just a great habit that we have, and you know, I don't think we'll be stopping anytime soon. Yeah. So if anything, I'm just gonna keep getting stronger until I can bench more than you. So that's just not gonna happen. I mean, bro, Dude. be realistic. It's a matter of time. Yeah, and time is on my side, <laughs> what? No way, bro. Is it is, bro? I'm finally healing myself. Like, I'm sure. All right, let's move on. So let's move on to. Um, do you want to talk about spirituality today, or do you want to? We could also save that for another podcast. Like more in depth, or we—I was thinking we can also we needed to discuss uh, seventy-five hard and kind of talk about that. Yeah, we, we can say that for seventy-five day hard can be its own. Okay, thing. so let's let's just talk a little bit about spirituality, and then we yeah. can wrap things up. So, also, uh, if you're still tuning in right now, I, yeah, if you made it this really, far, like, for real, I really yeah, appreciate it because we, we, we are starting from the bottom. And, yeah, man. You know, you know, I, know, we have our own. You know, like and even coming on here and having this podcast, I was just like really nervous. Like, I, you know, I was like, I want to sound correct. I, you know, yeah. 
and then you just let go of all that performance anxiety, and we just you know it's just, just a conversation like, with your boy here and and whatever conversation topic we go on. I I think the best part about when we talk about anything is about realizing that everything like whether you're into the gym you know whether whether you're into this or when you're into that it never makes you better than anybody no you yeah know? we're all in the same like, playing field yeah it's like it's it's all everyone is one you know and mm-hmm. just because you may be better at that you mean, it never needs to become a thing where you know since they don't do that they don't understand it's like no it's like some people just like to live their lives differently and that's okay if you really love them and be okay with them wanting to be them yeah it's like of course you can want the best for them but wanting to the best for them should not triumph you letting them be who they are mm-hmm. that's a fact well can one we... thing i will say before we get into the spirituality talk on the talk, the starting a podcast thing if you are out there and you're wanting to start anything creatively whether that's a podcast an instagram you know you want to start a business um I don't know. There's plenty of other examples out there. I don't really know you personally. Just do it. If there's anything I've learned from starting an Instagram or from starting the gym is that people don't care as much as you think they do at all. Um, They really just don't. Everybody's in their own head worrying about their own thing. And all we have is now, and that time is short. So if you're not doing what you want to do, then you're missing out in life. So I just wanted to say that. Please, please, please take my word for it. Like I was, like he said, we were nervous to start this podcast, had, you know, doubts and stuff about it, but, you know, we're just going to do it. And I hope that you guys take a lesson from that and, you know, follow your own passion. And even if they do care, like, what are you going to do about it? You know, like, what are you going to do? Spend your or what life? are they going to do about it? Yeah, what are they going to do? What are you going to do? Spend your whole five years weren't fixing everyone else's thoughts about right, you. Like, it's just miserable. And some people are just, they're just, when you do certain things, they're just not going to like you. And you just got to be okay with that. You can't be mad at them for not liking you. Because, again, they have their own choice, their own right. You just got to be okay with the people who do show you love and the people who don't. You wish them the best. And, you know, it's like, that's all really. Mm-hmm. But we're supposed to talk about spirituality. Yeah, we can. I think we'll probably do like a longer length uh, podcast kind of delving more deeply into it. But spirituality, just to kind of put a label on it, something that probably shouldn't have a label on it, just so that it's a little bit more clear. Um, and this is credit from Russell Brand, but he said one time, spirituality is essentially the practice of becoming more aware. And I started my uh, spiritual journey probably junior year for a second semester, so about a year now, and um, I just, it has done, it's just the most important thing I've ever done. Um, Like I said, what that means to me is like learning how to be more self-aware, first of all, and more aware of the life that you have around you and the reality of life. And when I say like the reality of life, I mean that there's so many things that we focus on from a day to day. Take anxiety, for example. It's all things that aren't real. Like your thoughts in your head, they're all unreal things. Your worries, your fears about the future or your, you know, you, you, you can, contemplating or thinking about the past and all these messed up things you've done 
or like not even messed up things or things you think you've messed up on. None of it's real. It's all in your head. And I think the practice of spirituality is about getting real and realizing who you are, which is a great being. We are really truly, even though we seem, we are very small in a sense because we're on this one small planet in the middle of this huge universe and part of a race of billions of people. We at the same time are such great in-depth beings and we're all really beings of God. And I think that that's what spirituality is, is realizing your own great potential and just the life you have around you. Like nothing needs to be done. You don't need to go out and get all these things to feel good inside. You just need to simply look around and say, hey, I'm in this moment. This moment is the only thing that's ever going to exist. Yeah. You know? Because it's like if you can't, you can't feel great with all this. And is it really all, you know, if you really got the boat? Or the, yeah, if you can't if feel you great. you got all that, do you think, you know. Getting another boat is going to help? Yeah. and it, No. <laughs> and it's the same with. And I, and I just was kind of thinking, and I was just going to tie this back around. It's what I always felt to realize about spirituality is that it really is a long-term journey. Like the, the, it's a lifelong the, journey. The lifelong, yeah, to stay present, to always remind yourself that to not take things personal, to realize everyone's the same, but anything anyone does to you is not really because of you. It's just because of how they're feeling about the world, how they're feeling. Yeah about themselves when you realize when you realize the things that you do in life are long term they become it becomes a lifestyle it becomes so much more <clears throat> that's the same with the gym you know if you're working out just to in two years i'll have that body and i can just chill that's doing for, well i'm getting abs like, for the summer with that girl and you're like i just once i, once I just have that set, like then things will start getting rolling it's like then what that it turns into needy energy it turns into this desperate energy of now right. things become impure they become disingenuine because you're you're trying to look at things so that they can work you're like once i have that with that girl and i and i have sex with that girl and that's gonna get that's gonna work and then when i finally get to a shredded body that's gonna work for my mental when i get spiritual enough and i'm able to let go of my ego right when that happens then then i'll be enough you know and it's like that's just looking at it wrong. Well, and right. I think, you know, look at, notice at all the things that you're naming, you know, whether that's with a girl or money or the body or this, that, and the other. The, what do all of those things have in common? It's, okay, these are all external things. And if three, four, five, ten, twenty external rewards still don't leave me feeling permanently happy or fulfilled, is the 25th? Is it the 30th? Yeah. Or is it really none of it? And that's the thing. Like you see people, the most successful people in the world, they hate themselves or they hate their life. And I think that's where something that you you say a lot, which is really important comes in, which is like, you have to remember that all this outside stuff is a game. It's all really a game. And I think that once you start to realize that, I think this realization especially helped me out a lot with, um, as I talked about, I can kind of be hard on myself. And I'm sure a lot of you watching this, if you follow my Instagram, and you're this kind of like type A, success motivated, you know, you want to start a business or you want to get ripped and all this stuff. It can be very easy to be hard on ourselves. But I think this way of thinking makes makes you realize, you know, it's really all not that important. I think for me, it, it made me realize like, 
yeah, I can go chase these things and like try to become better and better myself, but it's not the real point. You know, we're really, we have everything we need right now and inside of us. And that internal purpose is what really matters. But so that helped me a lot, especially even with the gym and just relaxing a little bit with like, okay, it's okay. If you don't, you don't get everything. If you're not, it's just so built off of things being successful, you winning, you know, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's not about you winning or losing as much as you think it is, it's really, it's just not how life really truly works. Life is not about winning and losing. Life is about learning and growing. I think that's just another key takeaway we've both taken from spirituality is that shift in that mindset. It's like, okay, it's okay to fail. It's okay to not get things right, to not have things perfect. It's okay if you don't know where you want to go to graduate school or whether you want to do this job or that. And if you're not making six figures by 25, you know what I'm saying? And it doesn't make you any less of a human either. And, uh-huh. and But those are things that I can say that I'm still trying to to work on because when I'm, when I'm low and I haven't got certain things done, I feel this, this pressure of like, it feels like somebody's going to drop something on my head. And I have that feeling, like just that constant feeling on the inside of, Wow, I need I need to watch out. Something needs I need to be or something's gonna slip and fall. It's all gonna come crashing crashing out. And if I can't figure this out, how would I get a job? If I can't turn a presentation, if I can't perform at school well, then how will I perform at life well? But I don't think they translate as much as like you would think, you know? Yeah. And I think that uh there was something you just said earlier, I forgot you you touched on um, not winning. No, the game. So when I say game, I don't mean it in a life's a game as in like just not care about anything. This is all. Just oh yeah, we still definitely window. care. About yeah, stuff. definitely. I want to just clarify. It we definitely do try to still become successful, and it's just about reshaping and defining what that means. And that's what I talk about when I say like having that inner purpose, like. It's about why you're doing these things. So I'm not saying at any means, neither of us saying like, don't try to become successful. Just like, don't try hard in school. Don't get jacked. I think all these things are great, but they can also be not great for your mental health if you're having the wrong why. So I think it's really important to approach it from a sense of like, you're serving your life. You're, you're really serving life by doing these things. And you should, you're supposed to be trying and you're supposed to be doing these things, but you're just supposed to try your best. And trying your best doesn't mean winning or like doing good or succeeding. Trying your best means, hey, I got up today and I can truly say that I did my best with the day, with what was presented in front of me and the circumstances surrounding it. So I think that's what's really important. But what, what were you saying about the game? No, definitely. I mean, that's a good point. Um, but just how I was saying a game in the way that sometimes I would wake up and I would just feel all these thoughts just flooding into my head. I just felt this sense of panic. I just could not, I couldn't, thinking was happening to me. I wasn't thinking. You know what I mean? Like right. the thoughts were happening to me. You weren't in the control I wasn't seat. creating the thoughts. You weren't in the driver's seat. So I'm waking up and thoughts hit me and I'm I'm trying to, why am I, why is this, why am I feeling that way? Why am I thinking like this? And that's why today I even, I didn't meditate because I had this straight need of, Okay, right. I'll calm these thoughts down right when I get to meditating, right when I go on that walk, right when I get to that gym. Then these thoughts will come down. It was, I need the fact that I was thinking I needed these things. 
I needed to go do these things so then I could feel calm. But that's why I just, it was very hard because sometimes when you wake up and, and all that's happening to you, you just can really get, like, what's the word? Um, Overwhelmed. Just completely discouraged as if there's no way out. So and that's why when I say game, you know, you put a lot of pressure on yourself to, I need to go up and be more social. I need to go up and talk to more people. And I need to work on my social skills. And I need to I need to work on my relationship skills. I need to work on my, my football. Whatever it is that you think you need to work on, that's great. But it needs to be like the secondary thing. You know, you kind of, that's why when I started saying life is a game, because I started basing my worth on how well I could do with these things. Because it, it, it became something that, I need to create this evidence for myself that I can do it. So it, it took a lot of authenticity out of it. Uh, it was more for talking to somebody was more to show myself something instead of really show them something. True presence looks outward. And that's, but I got that mixed up, you know, like I truly got it mixed up uh, of realizing that being so, it's all great. But even if you're not working, like, that's okay. Like, you made a lot, because that's what kind of, you get into that self-improvement and then you, you want, you feel, oh, wow, I'm improving at this. And it becomes serious. And then the moment you have that bad conversation, you've been working on social security, you have a bad conversation. You're just like, oh, my God, I've been trying so hard. I've been working. How come that didn't flow right? Blah, blah. Well, I think what you happens know? is that, and this is why I think it's so important when we talk about your why for things, but I think when you do start improving, especially at first, and I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to this, is like you attach, your ego attaches itself. It's almost like you don't change the game. You change, you just change teams. or You just change the way the game is looked at. So instead of really making deep down change, you're just saying, okay, instead of placing my worth in these other things, like how people view me and parties or you know, social events or um, just other, just like trying to impress other people, I'm going to try to impress myself now. And I'm going to become this self-improvement person who does all the good things and I'm smart and I have great conversations and I don't mess up and I go to class and I go to work. I, you know, I go to the gym. So then your ego now just switches what it's attached to. So now you're attached to this new person you've created. And then when you don't meet your own expectations, which is going to happen a lot because we're humans. Now all your self-worth is based on this, so then you feel like you're never enough. So it almost becomes just the same thing in a different way. And you know that's why I think when you're talking about the game, it's so important to realize that this climbing of the ladder, in a sense, is just a game. And we need to be first dancing with life and really just enjoying listening to the sound of the birds and or just being in nature or just having a conversation with Lindsay or like mm -hmm. whatever that may be. And if you can know your own worth without having to attach it to external things, like having a certain follower account, having a certain, you know, appearance, having good conversations with people. Like if you can remove your attachment to that, that's your attachment to your ego and your, your self-defined person as who you are. But like we talked about, you have a greater purpose and you're a greater person than that. You're a great being in just who you are as a human. Every soul is. 
And when you can get down and realize that, I think that's what makes that switch for you where you can start to be like, okay, I can let go of like caring so much about it working out. And that's, you know, or like me being winning, you know. Because you have to, yeah, because you have to feel that. And that's, that was something that I struggled with a lot. They would always say like repetition makes things better. So I felt like if I repeated these things to myself, these affirmations, if I repeated these things to myself for time after time, then I would become these things. Um, but in a sense, even repeating I'm confident, you're trying to become a word. Mm-hmm. You don't even know the history of that word. You don't even know the con like you're, you know, it's like what does that mean then? You have to go on and explain it. And it's like, how well do you think you know the definition of that word? That you're trying you to become like, you know, and that's where I realized it's not about thinking and because perf- again, even doing that is performing it. You like when you say and that's something that I, I still struggle with is being able to feel that no matter who comes, no matter who leaves, no matter if I get a bad grade, if this or that, to feel whole and complete. So yeah, and you have to kind of I feel like make that your intention to feel. And even when people say feel, what do you mean feel? Like you have to really just stop and try to see if you have eyes and look down at your body and and try to feel everything that's on the inside and. Cause I was so great at feeling when I was younger. I could feel a lot. Um, that's what I was really out of my head when I came here. I didn't. I didn't really live in here. Yeah. And I was very in the present. You were naturally there, you know. Yeah. And when I lost that, when I became a little more mind dominated, where it was sad. It was sad seeing that part of myself struggle, and I'm on the. I'm coming back from it, but I just won't. And this is more of something that you aren't just going to wake up one day, I feel like, and just feel completely different. And even sometimes I hope for that moment where I just want to wake up and, and all the work that I've been putting in, it just shifts. And I just I just flow. But, but life, you have to continue. Like being present is a gift. And even Ector and all the great spiritual teachers, they say, like, it's right there in front of you. And it's literally right now. But it, and it right is, now. it's like, but you don't think this moment is worth it. You don't think this moment needs all your attention. So you start thinking and you stop feeling. I realize that even when I'm talking so to somebody true. before. So true. Feeling, you can only feel if you're in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's really the only way. Yeah, There's because, nothing, And that's what I realized even when I'm in If you're thinking, you're people, not in the present. Like when I'm like, in conversation with people, and I, I stop. At some point, I stop enjoying it because I'm thinking about going to go do something else. That is the moment when I'm starting to get stressed I know out about everybody, the conversation. Yeah, we all do that, dude. When I'm <laughs> thinking about going somewhere else, when in reality, I'm going to make it to that place on time. It happens all the time. This conversation is going to end, and I don't even probably want it to end. I'm just, I just, if I, if I was more present, if I was just okay with I'm having a conversation with somebody right now. I'm not going to forget about where I need to go. I'm not some like poorly written notes that just I can't read my own. I know that I have a meeting at five. I'm having a conversation at three. Why am I thinking of it? You know, no, it's, it's like, not going to help you at all. Yeah, it's like if you accept, which that's what Eckhart Tolle talks about. I'm reading this new book. It's called um, 
the new earth by Edgar Tolle. I just grab it. It's over there. Yeah, it's it's in my bag. I think and it it's really made such an impact on me lately about the isness of thing and just when you're with somebody, just be okay with being with them. You don't need to think about anything else because what do you do is thinking doesn't help you at all. It stresses you out. Yeah, this book, I'm telling y'all. Like, but just look at the cover. Like, it even looks. We're gonna be talking about a lot of, looks a like lot of books on this podcast. I just don't know why he put a little penguin. <laughs> I like the penguin. I like it too, but I don't know. Penguin, why it's I there. feel like, is a cool animal. Yeah, this is actually better than his other book, The Power. That's now. crazy because I love The Power now. No, this book. Oh my god, he goes. Yeah. There. He goes ham. In it. Yeah, but I think it. I think I. I think you know, it's really just something that. It's it's a lot to try to understand and implement, even though it sounds easy when you say, like, just be in the present and to just not think. It's it's very easy to say, stop thinking about your thoughts or stop having thoughts or stop being dominated by them and stop caring about external things because that's, like, how we've lived for 19, 20 years. So don't think by any means that we have it all figured it out. Like, yeah. we're still struggling to do this stuff every sometimes, day. Sometimes, dude, I wake up and I just don't even know. I'm like... Sometimes I can forget it. Like yeah. I can conceptually forget it. And then, you know, you have those moments of like, this is where it's at. And then it just vanishes, bro. And then you're just mm-hmm. like, what what happened? Uh, what do I need to do to get back to that state? But then you fall into that continual pattern of trying to get back to the past. Trying to get back to that past feeling. You know that that feeling is there, but when that feeling it's a different feeling every time, you know, it's because it's, it's, it's more growth into presence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like more awareness well, into presence. Also, no moment is ever the same. So yeah. you're going to feel different at all moments. So you can't ever expect to feel the same way about a certain thing because that's just not how life works. And I think that something that Michael Singer talks about, which is another spiritual teacher, um, that really helps me is that, you know, when you struggle with these doubts and stuff and, it can seem like, well, how, well, if these guys who are, you know, they're working on themselves and reading and, you know, working on spirituality every day and they're still saying that they haven't made it yet, like, what about me? Like, if maybe you're thinking that or just for my own self saying to myself, like, am I really going to get to that point where I feel whole and content all the time? And, you know, he says, and I think this is probably a good place to um, probably end this talk for now, yeah. but um, he says that if you are seeking and you are being truthful in your seeking. And when I say seeking, you are seeking like truth and light, the pure, like basically just the spiritual path and seeking that, you know, that, that state, because deep down it's not, it sounds all woo woo. And, and what is all, what is he talking about? But you know what I'm talking about deep know, down, like, you want to, you, you want to be, what you want is you want that feeling inside that feels empty, that hole inside of you, which we all have, and that we all try to fill it with different things, external validation, relationships, love, getting married, degrees. If you want to have that feeling and you really want to get it, then that's what the spiritual path is because it's learning how to be, you want that feeling of contentness and being okay with what you have. And that's what spirituality teaches you to do. So but Michael Singer says, you know, if you are pursuing that path and you're being honest, then you will find your way. And I think that's, you know, the biggest takeaway from it all is that if you really sincerely try, like you will make it. Yeah. So, and also to wrap this up, 
Um, this is our first podcast, and 